Sean is a fresh of breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love each and every, most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? It kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. Stitching, you got it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, Stay focused. Um, Work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Witty Nation, welcome to Witty Not Funny Sports Live, presented by Traveling Growler, the number one self-rated Buffalo sports show, covering the Bill Sabres entertainment and everything in between, and as always, part of the Built-In Buffalo Podcast Network. Go follow us on Twitter right at the bottom there, at WittySports716. Love following back. Hit that follow on Twitter. Make sure you check out everything Built-In Buffalo is giving you every single day. Built-In Buffalo Facebook page, YouTube page, like, comment, subscribe. The best shows, the best Bills content every single day from the built-in Buffalo family. And that is a perfect segue because Tony is not with us, but I do have my man, Akeem. <clears throat> Akeem, how are you doing tonight, my man? Thank you for joining Witty Not Funny Sports Live. Hey, man, I, I, I appreciate you for having me, man. A Rich, Akeem Richens, if you don't know me by now, please get to know me, get to know us. Built in Buffalo. I'm ecstatic to be on your show, and um, it's a pleasure and it's an honor. I, 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 I'm not quite like the co-host, but I, I, I don't mind playing the six-man role and subbing in and 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 going in tonight. So I appreciate you for being here. You got you got my vote for six man of the year. Uh, Tony usually does a song parody. If you want to, if you have anything ready, no. <laughs> <laughs> Call me off guard there. Maybe for the next show, I'll be prepared. Next show. Next show, we'll get that one. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, but how you feeling off the bye week, Rich? Uh, you refreshed? You, 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 you feeling good about this Bills team? Uh, if, if listeners and viewers don't know, uh, the Bills had a bye week, and in case you thought the Bills couldn't win or lose, they definitely lost the bye week based on the news stories that are coming out this week. So how are you feeling? What's the what's the pulse here uh, from where you're sitting? You know what? Uh, right now, um, obviously, it was a it was a disappointing loss to, in to a team that's that's a good team, but they was they was there for the taking, and we failed to capitalize on that opportunity. Like we failed to capitalize on a lot of opportunities this year. So going into the bye week, it was, it was good for the fans or at least myself, I'll speak for myself just to kind of get recharged and refocused as a fan, right? Because we go through the, the roller coaster of emotions as fans and we invest a lot of our time as sports fans in, in the Buffalo Bills. So being that we've had this up and down roller coaster type season, it's good for us as fans to to take that break and and reset and now get ready for the home stretch, just like the Buffalo Bills players. Yeah, I mean, it was a heartbreaking loss to the Eagles before the bye. Uh, we talked about that last week, and it feels like one of those games, like the Chiefs playoff game, you don't want to like keep bringing up, but you know, it seems like the Bills are just from whether it's an on-the-field standpoint or a front-office standpoint, they're that 
old comedy like Charlie Chaplin clip of the guy stepping on the rake and it hits him in the face and they turn around and they step on another rake and it hits him in the face. Like that's the Bills <laughs> right now. They just can't seem to to you know get out of their own way, if you will. But uh Rich, I appreciate you being on this show, man. You uh are definitely upping the coolness factor on this show. So I thank you for that. Hey man, hey man. Good street thank you. I appreciate here. it. I appreciate Fresh. it. <laughs> <laughs> got the fresh background. I got to give me one of those backgrounds. Can you send me? Yeah, one? I got. I, yeah, I got to get you one. I got to get you one. We'll talk about. Yeah, it. give me one of those. I got to rock no, one of those. Definitely. Uh, but we appreciate you stepping out, and I appreciate you stepping out of your comfort zone. This is, uh, as listeners know, as viewers know, a little bit of a different kind of show. We're not X's and O's, but I don't know we'll we'll try not to get uh, too goofy or, or uncomfortable for you tonight. But we got to start it off. We like our game shows on this show. We like to be creative. We like to do things a little differently. We like to talk thing, talk about a little things differently uh, when it comes to One Bill's Drive. And I think we have to start it off with it being the bye week. I should say the bye, bye, bye week with an in sync reference for those fans who love the early 2000s boy band in sync. Uh, I thought we'd play a fun game with Rich. You ready, Rich? What we're going to yeah, do, do it. let's do it. Let me explain it to everyone and listeners and viewers play along, like, comment, subscribe, super chats, do everything you can, show some love. Uh, I want to name a NSYNC song title, and then I want you and me to go back and forth and you tell me what uh, player you relate to that title. So you got you got the gist? I like it. I like it. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. The first song, we're just going to go right with the title. We're going to go with Insect's most famous song, maybe. I don't know. I'm not the judge. I, I don't play play dictator here, but uh bye 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 in sync. And I want you to say, tell me what player you want to see gone after this year. You want to say bye 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 to who's the one player you want to see not one next year? One player, and it and it and it pains me to say it. It pains me to say anybody uh being gone from the Buffalo Bills current roster. But since we're doing this, bye bye bye. Gabe Davis. <laughs> Gabe Davis. Oh, nice. <laughs> Gabe Davis. It. Yeah, he's just, you know, he's, uh, uh, you know, a free agent uh, at the end of the year. Yep. I, I I think he's probably going to command more money than we're probably able to give him. And, you know, he hasn't he's not a bad player. I think he's a solid player. But for the amount of money he's probably going to get, it's probably not worth the investment. So bye, bye, bye. <laughs> Gabe Davis. Uh, we we I agree wholeheartedly with that. That's a great pick. Uh, we have our theories on this show, as, as viewers and listeners of this show know from the past. Uh, we have surmised that Gabe Davis might need a glasses, might need a little bit of an eye test because he can't catch the ball. He's just you're right. He's just that guy who I don't know if he does anything extraordinary. You know, and mm -hmm. when you have Stefan Diggs lining up on the other side, who most weeks demands a double team, you mm -hmm. want to see that wide, re two, wide receiver two just thrive off that. He should be single coverage. He should be able to win those one-on-one -on -one battles. And Gabe Davis just, he's hes too, I don't even think inconsistent is the right word because I think that's a little too generous because he'll give you one good game every like six weeks. And I, I need to see more from my WR2 because I don't need you to pop up and have 150 yards one week and then have zero catches for zero targets and one another week and then 20 yards the following week. like it's just not he's not that dude he's not I don't think he's a great route runner I think he's got a limited route tree 
I don't think he's particularly fast. I don't think he gets out of breaks real well. I just don't think other than his catch radius, which is suspect at best, it's got a little Josh Reed syndrome where it's like, Ooh, the ball's thrown to Gabe Davis. Hurt. Is he going to catch it? Is he not? Hmm. So I just don't think he does anything terribly well. And you're right on point there. And I agree with you. Like, that's just so, a guy when I look at it, who you want to pay, especially with the salary cap being so tight on this team. I, I would look to the draft. There's so many good receivers exactly. coming out this year. I mean, you can get one for cheap and have them for four years and be said and done with it, right? Right. And I want to ask this question before we move on, right? Because it's yeah, it's it's, it's just came to my mind. And even in the comment section, right? Uh eight receptions, 201 yards, four touchdowns, divisional game against the Chiefs, Gabe Davis. Was that game? the worst thing that could have possibly happened to Gabe Davis <laughs> was the, did, the, did that game present expectations, expectations yeah. so, so large that now we're upset at the product and he may not be doing all that bad, but we still revert back to that uh, big Kansas city chiefs game. And, and, and could that be a, a, a gift and a curse for Gabe Davis that game in 2021? Yeah, that's a great point. It could have been because we just expected like this guy was ready to step into the number two role right off that. I mean, it, he looked he looked the part. He he definitely did. I always said when he came out uh, in his draft year, when they drafted him and he had so much hype that summer and training camp and he's making highlight reel plays. And I'm like, man, well, Duke Williams did the same thing. He was a highlight reel every day, and Duke Williams was kind of good. I like him better than a lot of people. But, you know, I always said, like, Gabe Davis, he could either be a average number two or he could be the best number four in the league. And I think we're kind of seeing, like, that's his ceiling, was the best number four receiver in the league if you want to go by the, you know, notion that the wide receiver three is generally the slot guy, uh, which I do. So, um, yeah, I just I, I think there's better options out there. I think there's better weapons. I think there's more dynamic players, whether it's free agency or in the draft. Yeah, I'm saying bye 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 to Gabe Davis. I think that's a great pick, and I agree with you. You ready to move on to our second one? Yes, sir. Maybe InSync's second best song. My first, if you want to power rank InSync songs, okay. uh, it's gonna be me. Ooh. And this is the player you expect to make a play when we need it this week versus the Chiefs. Who's the one guy when you're watching the TV and it's third and two or third and three and the game's on the line, you expect that guy to make a play, whether it's on offense or defense? It's got to be Joshua Patrick Allen. It has to be him. Never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> he, it, it, it has to be him, right? It, it, Josh Allen, you know, he gave the Buffalo Bills the lead against New England, right? He gave the Buffalo mm -hmm. Bills the lead late against Denver. He also did it against Philly. We didn't win those games, but that wasn't because of uh, uh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen did what he had to do to put his team in position to make the necessary plays to put his team in front. So I think he's going to be capable of doing the same this week against the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's the old notion. It's the old cliche. Put the ball in your best player's hands. I think that's my biggest gripe with Sean McDermott, and we'll get into his week and his coaching and how we're looking for this Chiefs game a little later on. But the fact that he knelt and took a knee with 20 seconds left in a timeout, yes, the conditions were bad. Yes, the risk might be greater than the reward. But 
for a guy who went through it, was on the opposite side of it in that Chiefs game you mentioned, 13 seconds, for him to not even try to do anything with the best player on the field, one of the best players in the league, Josh Allen, was criminal. Like, there was no excuse for it to just even try to do something. It's it's insane. I, I, I think that's a great pick. Uh, I I think Josh Allen, if he has the ball, and especially in this newer Joe Brady offense, he's a weapon whenever he touches the ball, right? You know, whether it's improvisationally, when the play breaks down, he's got to either run or keep his eyes downfield and find an open guy, and it's kind of backyard football style. I think that's where Josh Allen thrives the best. But now we're implementing designed runs. Now we're seeing a lot of uh, things that, what we what what we call on this podcast the dorsitis is fading away. That's the Ken like Dorsey it. sickness. The dorsitis. Like it sounds like it sounds like a sickness. It sounds like it a does sickness. right. Mm-hmm. Like there should be a commercial with like old people walking through a park. Uh, <laughs> cure for dorsitis. Dorsitis. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Bills had a bad case of dorsitis, and uh, they're getting away from it now. Joe Brady's using his running backs more in the passing game. We see we see him using the middle of the field a lot more. We see him implementing a lot of higher efficiency routes for the wide receivers whether it's short crossing routes or getting mismatches or pre-snap motion just Mm -hmm. simple things that are easy fixes that allow josh allen to be at his best i think that's a big thing like we always uh we always got on dorsey for no pre-snap motion not because i love what mike mcdaniel and the dolphins do in terms of like ultra pre-snap motion where sometimes it's three guys in, in in motion before the snap but i didn't expect that but i expected some sort of pre-snap motion and that's not only to just create mismatches but that's also for the benefit of josh because when pre-snap motion occurs he can read whether the defense is zone or man and he can play it accordingly and that helped him i think dorsey was just handcuffing him so much and uh now that he's kind of free I think we're seeing the best Josh Allen we've seen this year. So uh, that's the guy I would want uh, for one pick on defense. I, I got to go with a player who I would never choose to make a play if you asked me this three months ago, and that's Terrell Bernard. Ooh, the biggest like surprise of the season to me. Um, I love how he plays. I love how he shoots the gap. I love his speed. I love his sideline to sideline ability. I love his ability to get around blocks and uses athleticism to his advantage uh he's the one guy i really like when we need a play like give me terrell bernard making a play i like that i like to and and we've had a lot of struggles this season right we had a lot of ups and downs but the one thing we're not talking about and something that we was probably concerned about was the middle linebacker position we have not spoken about that that is never the issue so i I really love the the terrell bernard pick i'm going to go if i had to go defensive side of the ball uh i'm thinking about our opponent the kansas city chiefs i'm thinking about their offensive line and and them having injuries and maybe it's time to expose them injuries and why not our sack leader on the team exposes those those injuries and gets to patrick mahomes leonard floyd uh, uh, he, he's, he's had, uh, probably the best season he's had in his career. 
and he's done an excellent job. That's been a, a, a great free agent signing for Brandon Bean, and that's a guy that I really think can take advantage of this game. He's had games where he's showing up in splashes, and I think this can be another one where he can have an impact in multiple ways. Yeah, he's replaced Vaughn very admirably. What is he up to? Nine and a half Nine sacks. And a half sacks. I think he's mm-hmm. more. Yeah. Nine and a half. So, uh, you know, he he surpassed Mario Addison. That's was all I was hoping for. <laughs> mm-hmm. He surpassed him very, very much. So, uh, great, great picks there. Uh, Akeem, our third and final song, mm. NSYNC song, uh, I Want You Back. Early hit from NSYNC, but yeah. one player you wish you could have back on the team who would help the team, whether it's injury or we lost him in free agency or uh, in the waivers, like who's the one guy you wish would have, we could have back that would help this team tremendously going into the home stretch here. Matt Milano. (laughs) Uh, When we need all the, the struggles that the Buffalo Bills had when they took the lead late in games and they end up blowing it because of the defense, we needed somebody on that side of the ball to make a play. And I think that's what's been missing from the Buffalo Bills. I think they've had guys that's done well. But when a play needs to be made, that impact splash play, uh, it's it's usually coming from a guy like Matt Milano, making a tackle, making an interception, covering somebody out the backfield. He just does so many things, sideline to sideline, game in and game out to impact the game. And being, in my opinion, one of the top five to seven linebackers in the game, I think he's greatly missed on defense for that part. When we need to make a play, who's going to make that play? And Matt Milano's been missed in that department. Yeah, I love it. A lot of people agree with you in the comments here, too. Robin, Jacob, agreeing with you. Matt Milano, obviously one of the best mm-hmm. defensive players on the Bills. Um let me propose to you something real quick while we're talking about Milano here. Uh, I kind of brought this up a couple of weeks ago on our show. Do you think the ultimate vision for Sean McDermott's defense is to run a four, three? Cause I just see a, a team that's very weak in run defense and consistently has been weak in run defense. And while I love Taron Johnson, you know, having a nickel in there exposes them in the run game. Um, when you draft a guy like Dorian Williams, when you draft a guy like Terrell Bernard, you have speed for days. You have guys that just fly to the ball. I would love to see not only to help our run defense, but just kind of change it up a little, a 4-3 with Milano, Bernard, and Williams as the three linebackers just flying around the field. What do you think of that idea? I think it's possible. I think it's definitely a possibility, especially the way that the NFL is going, right? The NFL is is always evolving and it's starting to evolve in a in a way where now it's it's guys where receivers is coming out the backfield and uh receivers are playing slot. It's becoming more of a positionless sport, right? So you want to be yeah. able to have those type of guys where they are big, fast, and physical, where they can play in the box if necessary and they can cover running backs and or tight ends because you're going to have to be able to cover those big physical receivers as well. You're going to have to be able to cover a Mark Andrews, a Travis Kelsey, a DK Metcalf, and you're going to have to be able to cover the Tyreek Hills of the world as well. So I think the Buffalo Bills in terms of uh, getting linebackers or getting players, I think that can definitely be a, a possibility going forward. Now we have Teron Johnson on the team and as, and as long as he's on the team, it may be, 
uh, that nickel defense. But we can possibly yeah. start seeing percentages, right? It could, the percentages yeah. could spot, start to change starting next year. So I think this offseason, we'll get a, a, a better idea of what's going to happen with that defense. Yeah, I, I think it, I think it would be interesting. It, mm -hmm. it, a different a different look, right? Sometimes we we see them getting gashed in the run game, and we're just like, just change it up. And they don't have the personnel to do it. I think they can, if they do go against a heavy run opposition mm -hmm. offense, that they can change it up with with the Dorian Williams, and hopefully he evolves into what he has become. Hopefully he's again can't right. believe I'm saying this. Hopefully he's Terrell Bernard, like a guy who was. Unimpressive right. his first year, if he could even see the field, barely mm -hmm. saw the field, uh, didn't know what we had in him going into the second year, mm -hmm. and has been a star uh, in the making. Bean knew what they had in him, I guess, but mm -hmm. maybe that's the, the path they're taking with Dorian Williams as well. So I would love to see that. Uh, get into some comments here. Uh, apparently, Dodson is the best linebacker, according to PFF. <laughs> yeah, we love PFF grades so much and mm -hmm. uh, around these parts. Uh, they also, I, PFS, like, I, I would love to just like have like a TED talk about their grading system because, like, Milano, who we watch week in and week out, and we're like, man, that guy is awesome. He's one of the best players on the field. He's all over the place making plays. PFF constantly has him graded like 55. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? Right. What are you not seeing? Right. And so, you know, I don't and, know how and, much Donson being the best. Best. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, their 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 grading system is is definitely you know interesting to say the least. But you know they're they're definitely going to be there, especially if they don't have their you know their McDonald's to Burger King, right? If they don't have nobody else that's doing what they're doing, they're going to continue to be that Bible, so to speak, to you know in in terms of analytics. So yeah, no, I love it. I love the mm -hmm. McDonald's comparison too, because I'm loving <laughs> that comment. Uh, uh, listeners, viewers, if you haven't hit that, like, uh, if you want to look at it this way, Akeem's my boss and this is my yearly review. So the more likes you have <laughs> and you can hit the like, it takes funny. two seconds, a little, a little, awesome. do the, do the finger point on the like button on your mouse. Um, takes two seconds, hit that like, make sure you comment all the comments coming in. Love to see them. Thank you guys for commenting. Keep it up. Uh, Hey, Rich, we got to get into some Bills Chiefs talk, though. You yes, ready? Sir. Yes, sir. As we do in this show, Rich knows, viewers know, we send it to a coach who never had any controversy himself, Mr. Marv Levy and his golden voice. Let's send it to Marv. We'll be back after the break. So go, Bills fight, Bills go. Come on, let's win for Buffalo. And we are back. Rich, are you ready for this Chiefs game? What is your confidence level in this team? Can you think, do you think they can make a run here at the end of the season? Are you feeling good? Are you feeling confident? Or are you like, man, this week has gone bad. <laughs> it's just going to continue to go bad. What, what, are you, what are you feeling going into Sunday here? What, what's your pulse there? What's your vibes? Now, I know the Von Miller news has got people up in the frenzy, and I know there's been this Tyler Dunn article today that's got people in the frenzy and in terms of, you know, controversy with the Buffalo Bills. But the main thing is, is this Sunday against the Chiefs. If you win ball games, the noise 
simmers down and quiets down. And my confidence level right. going into this game, I'm at a I'm at a solid seven. And uh, yeah. with the Buffalo Bills, I'm at a solid seven. I believe the Buffalo Bills are definitely capable of going into Arrowhead and beating the Kansas City Chiefs. They are another team that, uh, on paper or before the season started, you would think they would be more of a dominant force than we're actually seeing in terms of the product and the actual Kansas City Chiefs team. They have uh, some holes that I believe the Buffalo Bills can definitely expose, and uh, I feel pretty confident that the Buffalo Bills during this bye week, knowing that the the their backs against the wall, knowing that in reality for them the playoffs start today, they have to win out, in my opinion, they have to win out. I know that people will say, oh, 10 to 7 could probably get you win. I don't think 10 to 7 right. will get you win because of the tiebreakers. It's too much losses the Buffalo Bills have against, yeah. against our sister and brother opponents, right? So in my opinion, the Buffalo Bills have to win out, and they have to have that sense of urgency and take this like a playoff game starting this Sunday. And I think they'll do so and go into Kansas City and, and take care of business. So I'm about a 7 right now. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, what's what's the old cliche? The the hungry dog barks louder or something like that. I, and the Bills should be the hungry dogs right now. They, you're right. Their backs are against the wall. They mm -hmm. need to at least at least go four and one. I think to mm -hmm. make the playoffs. And uh, even then, you're right. With the tiebreakers, I don't feel confident with mm -hmm. the with a crowded, overly crowded AFC. Um, mm -hmm. The 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 thing I kind of fall back on and makes me a little more confident is. There's a lot of bad quarterbacks around where mm -hmm. the Bills are in the standings, a lot of backup mm -hmm. quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we're seeing a couple tonight with the mm -hmm. Steelers playing Mitch Trubisky. Um, although Jake Browning looks like incredibly good for the Bengals. Like, so I don't want to even like consider like just because they're having backups and CJ Betters is playing for the Jaguars and all this other stuff that that gives us like <laughs> a pass. Like these guys and, are NFL quarterbacks. They can win games. Like I, I don't want to do that. And it doesn't. It doesn't. But at the same time, a lot of these quarterbacks are, are possibly going into going to be in the playoffs. So that's why I think a lot of people and a lot of media outlets will say Buffalo is is probably the scariest team or the team you don't want to play in the playoffs because they do have Josh Allen and the playoff teams that's involved and in the hunt there, they have backup quarterbacks and the quarterbacks that are in the playoffs that are healthy they they have their struggles. And one guy is the guy we're playing this Sunday and Patrick Mahomes and his struggles in terms of the nucleus he has around him beyond Stefan, uh, behind, Stephon, behind uh, Travis Kelsey and, and his wide receivers. Yeah. And Travis Kelsey doesn't even look uh, right this year. I mean, I think one of his worst years, in, in the re most recent years, uh, whether he's hurt or getting old or worrying about Taylor Swift too much. I don't know, but Who knows? Who he, he doesn't, he doesn't look right. And that chiefs offense doesn't look right. They're really, it's really like a, a bizarro chiefs this year where they're relying on their defense to actually finish games and win games mm -hmm. for them. Where mm -hmm. as before it would always be Mahomes and Kelsey and Tariq Hill and whoever, uh, in, in in this dynamic passing game, but now it's more grit and grind. It's defense and running with Pacheco, uh, mm -hmm. who's a beast. And I'll be interested to see how McDermott and company deal with Pacheco's running ability. This, this and man, that dude just does not stop his legs. Like they keep churning. He, he's mm -hmm. a he's a beast of a runner. But this is a interesting uh, point 
in the Bills season, not only do they have to win out and their backs are against the wall, but with all the controversy this week off the field, we will get a firsthand view of the Bills' fortitude, I guess, their mental ability, their stability, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. and how they respond to the noise. Mm-hmm. You said the noise will be lower if they win, and that's absolutely right. Winning cures a lot of things. Um, that's not to downplay the seriousness of anything off the field, but you know, winning silences the noise a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so is this Bills team mentally strong where they – take this and rally with each other and come out firing on all cylinders or are they mentally weak where this is all distraction and they come out flat and slow starting. And as we've seen before with this team, so uh, it'll be interesting. They're at an interesting point to me in how they respond to this off field noise. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, I definitely agree in terms of, in terms of testing their uh, mental ability in terms of uh, how much do you want this? How much are you focused and and how much are you paying attention to the outside noise? And is the Von Miller situation going to be uh, a distraction to the team? Is that going to be a detriment or or be one of the, the, the scapegoats in terms of why the Bills had failures in the 2023 offseason? Or can you... Can you rise above this? Can you galvanize as a team and 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 uh, put enough effort in terms of offensively and defensively? Something that an effort that you probably haven't put forth all season and and be consistent in in not turning the ball over and consistent offensively and being able to call the necessary plays and make the necessary plays late in games because you have to assume with the opponents you're playing you're going to be uh in ball games late in in the stretch and are you able as a are you able as a as a coaching staff to right your wrongs in the beginning of the season and are you able as as individuals as players to make the necessary plays and we're going to find out starting with uh the kansas city chiefs this sunday yeah, that's a great segue into this coaching staff. Can they make the right decisions? Can they put their team in the right position to win games? And to that, I say, and my question to you is, how hot is Sean McDermott's seat right now? Obviously, the Tide Down article came out, and mm-hmm. you know, I don't have – I didn't pay for it, so I didn't read it. I just saw snippets on Twitter mm-hmm. um, and kind of got an idea, but – between this and whatever has gone on in his past with people who seem to be scorned by him in some way, shape or form, mm-hmm. uh, plus kind of the off putting nature of his decision making that Bill's fans have experienced this season. How hot is Sean McDermott's seat to you? I think it's lukewarm. I don't think it, it? No, I think it's lukewarm. I don't I now I'm thinking so. As a fan, right? I, in my opinion, he's gonna he would have to prove me wrong. I'm not sure if he's the guy that's gonna elevate and take this team to the next level and win a Super Bowl. But if I'm thinking as a, a, a GM and I'm thinking as an owner, I think that <clears throat> he just signed a contract. He just signed a contract extension earlier this offseason. Uh yeah. he's he's had success 
with the Buffalo Bills and he's, you know, he's uh, turned around and, and, and broke the drought and he's had that type of success. So in terms of this season, I don't think Sean McDermott would get fired, will get fired this offseason. I think he would have a chance to right his wrongs and come back in 2024. And that would be where his seat will be hotter. That will be where he has to produce. Otherwise, he may get fired. But I'm going to go lukewarm right now because I think he will return as the Buffalo Bills head coach in 2024. I do, too. I, I think there's no um, nothing that's really going to sway me unless I complete collapse down the stretch here. But I think this team is too talented. Uh, they have too many weapons and superstars, especially in the most important position on the field, that quarterback, to really have that collapse, if you will. So I, I think, you know, I think it'll be, I think lukewarm is a good way to put it. Um, I think that extension is going to come in play. I, I don't think they're going to pull a, a Mark Davis for the Raiders and eat all that money for a guy to not coach their team. So it, it'll be, It'll be interesting to see how Sean McDermott deals with the noise. A lot of talk before this week has been, has McDermott lost a locker room with his, his non-confidence in his players, as we saw in the Eagles, as we see late in games, time and time again. Uh, this article that Ty Dunn released, you know, and if you've read it, you read it. If you didn't and you get the gist of it like we did, um, I, I don't know. It, it, there's just too many things things that have gone on the past 12 months, whether you want to look at the Leslie Frazier stuff, the Stefan Diggs controversy earlier in the summer, uh, the Ken Dorsey situation throughout the year. Um, and I mentioned when I was on off the edge with, with Shoop on Saturdays here on the built in Buffalo network, shameless plug, uh, check it out on Saturdays. Um, (laughs) I mentioned like the one thing that stood out to me this year more than anything in terms of like Sean McDermott's personality and how maybe he rubs people the wrong way and all this stuff was after the giants game, his interaction with Brian Dable, Mm -hmm. not cordial by any means. There's obviously some angst and some conflict and some, Mm -hmm. and some bad things between those two, uh, Mm -hmm. despite them having years of success here. You think two guys that had the success that they had with this organization, would be at least cordial enough to do a handshake, but it was almost just like a, I I don't even know. It was, it was awkward. It was a bad vibe. Uh, That was the one thing that stood out to me. And now this article comes out and you're like, maybe, maybe the whole past five years of culture building and playoff caliber and all this cliche stuff. I don't know. Is, was, did it stick? Is it sticking? Uh, Is it, resonate even anymore has Sean McDermott lost a locker room and is his message kind of getting dull and outdated and has he lost actually the the public and the fans as well you know I it's it it's a lot of things that's happening with the Buffalo Bills is and and the things that in the articles that was being read it's of course telling in terms of Sean McDermott and in his relationships and what's going on because like you said, you know, Coach Brian Dable, they did have like this very awkward moment. And then, you know, Leslie Frazier and and how he left the Buffalo Bills, it was kind of awkward. Like nobody's really yeah. saying anything, but now P- 
people are starting to say things, right? And even when Ken Dorsey got fired at Quentin Spain, the former Buffalo Bills guard, he even tweeted, he said, hey, they fired the wrong guy, <laughs> you know? So, <laughs> right. so it, it's, you know, it's, it's a lot of things that's, that's popping up. And the reason, once again, why these things are popping up is the results on the football field. When you're not winning games and you're not uh, living up to expectations, there's going to be frustrations and there's going to be things like this that come about. There was frustrations since 2021 with the Kansas City Chiefs. We heard murmurs in the offseason that there was friction within the coaching staff. But when you're winning games, you know, it's, it, they do a better job of keeping things under wraps because you're winning games, you're still employed, things are still intact, even though it's friction. But now when you're not winning games and you know, or not winning the, the, the amount of games you're expected to win and and coaches get fired and, you know, there's there's there have to be reasons and have to be answers for these things. And, um, yeah. you know, all of this is, is comes about right now. And Sean McDermott is, is all about the results on the field. And I, I do believe that he rubs people the wrong way. You know, he can come out and, and speak as however he want to speak in the media and act as if, you know, he's just this, you know, this, this, this mild manner, stern, nonchalant or, 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 or well-tempered guy. Right. But yeah, he obviously rubs people the wrong way because it's been multiple people, you know, so we definitely have to, yeah. you know, and we, we definitely want to see in terms of what happened with the Buffalo bills on the football field and what happens to Sean McDermott. Definitely, definitely. I think that's a good point. I want to get into Kevin's comment here. Uh, he doesn't think Sean's seat is hot at all. Um, he's what I want in Buffalo. I think he will learn and be more aggressive. I want to point out those two instances because uh, learning and being aggressive, like to me, that's all I want to see from my coach too. And that's why I think I was so bothered by the Eagles game because 20 seconds, again, it happened to him. He thought he would learn and be aggressive and try and evolve. That's what I want to see from my coach. I want to see a guy who learns from his mistakes. That's why I had so much trouble with Dorsey. That's why I was so off Dorsey uh, from the jump. Like week two, I was like, I don't want to see this guy anymore because he doesn't learn. He doesn't evolve. He doesn't change things up. That's all I want to see my coach. I don't need him to, to be a, a friend of everyone. I don't need him to be the ping pong locker room champion. I don't need to see like him be dabbing up everyone i just need to see him learn from his mistakes evolve and put these guys in the position to win games and if i can see that in the final five games of the year then i will be much more positive going into next year with sean mcdermott as a head coach which i do believe will happen so uh that's all i want to see and i think that was a great comment there because i do think that's what coaching is we i go back to uh rex ryan who a guy who I think was so hard headed, who did not want to evolve at all. He just said, this is my defense. This is how it's going to run. It's worked in the past, even though the game has evolved in itself, I'm not going to adjust. I'm just going to do what I know is best. And it failed miserably. Like if you don't evolve, if you don't adapt, if you don't move forward in this league, you're going to fall behind quickly. in in my opinion, so uh, that's what I need to see from Sean McDermott is an evolution in him learning from his mistakes. And I think if he doesn't do that, I, he might lose the locker room pretty quickly, in my opinion. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that 100%. You know, he's in his sixth year. You know, can he evolve? Can 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 this happen now in the middle of the season? Can he have that reflection moment in this bye week to say, you know what, I'm going to do a better job calling plays? Or is he? Is this who we get? In Sean with it was Sean McDermott. Maybe the Buffalo right. Bills. Maybe maybe the Buffalo Bills are going to have to win games by two plus scores so they can mask the late coaching errors and blunders of Sean McDermott. So <laughs> you know we're we're going to see what happens. Yeah, it's like what Michael said here. They say Sean McDermott has hit his ceiling as a coach. Hopefully not. That's what we want to see. We want to see him involved in that ceiling to be moved ever. So forward or up or however you want to view the scale. Uh, let's move on, though, uh, Akeem, to the players mm -hmm. on the field. Uh, we talked about the Chiefs and kind of a different Chiefs team this year. Passing attack is lackluster, to say the best. Travis Kelsey doesn't seem like himself. The weapons around Patrick Mahomes aren't as good as they usually are. We, I, I like Rasheed Rice. I don't know if he's a number one receiver, but past that, Justin Watson, Sky Moore, a lot of guys. MVS, Valdez mm -hmm. Scanlon, who only runs a go route and can't catch the ball half the time anyway on that go route. Mm -hmm. um, so don't jinx us, Matt. With the different, <laughs> I know I shouldn't, right? <laughs> Knock on wood. What I don't, my desk is fake wood, so I don't know if that counts. Um, <laughs> but where do you think the Bills have an advantage over the Chiefs? Um, whether it's on offense or defense, where do you think they can? win this game is it you mentioned that the offensive line of the chiefs being a little weaker their tackles mm -hmm. have not played well this year Juwan taylor has been a mess for that contract mm -hmm. that he got this offseason uh mm -hmm. when he's not lining up three yards behind the line of scrimmage before the snap uh, he's very bad um so can they take advantage at the defensive edge spot with leonard floyd and aj Panessa and uh guys like that or or is it on the offense where uh you know getting away from Chris Jones, like where do you think the Bills have an advantage here in this game and where they can really take control and, and put their foot in the ground? Again, and again, it has to be in the trenches. You have to be able to take advantage of, of the, of their tackles, you know, being out. You have, and, and their struggles that they have amongst their offensive line guys. Ed Oliver's arguably playing the best ball of his career. I reverted uh, to, I alluded to Leonard Floyd earlier in this segment. Uh, Gregory Rousseau has another week to recover from an uh, injury he had earlier in, uh, in the year before. And he was playing exceptional before he went down. So hopefully he can get back and get healthy. I think the defensive line is going to have to be able to set the tone for the Buffalo Bills and and, and be able to take advantage of, of that weakness and, and their injury front uh um from from the kansas city chiefs so i think that's one area that the buffalo bills uh have to take advantage of the the uh the injury bug that hit the kansas city chiefs offensive line do we know if ed oliver hit his bonus because it seems like the way he talks when he hits his bonus he's not gonna like try anymore <laughs> I don't think he hit his bonus yet because if he did, okay. it, it would have been reported. It would have been out there. Ed Oliver hit his bonus. So I think, you know, this week is he's gonna he's gonna definitely try to get that that bonus. <laughs> you better. Um surpass it, Ed. Go beyond the bonus. That's what I always say. Um yeah, I mean, I just think 
the Bills have traditionally went into Kansas City the past two years and played extremely well in the regular season and in a playoff game. They played extremely well. They couldn't close it out. But the two regular season games of the past two years, they have won, and they have won uh, pretty handily, I think. And, and they won with a good strategy. Last year, they went into KC, and I thought they had a great strategy of playing the two-deep safety, really letting Mahomes just kind of not be able to to manipulate the defense and and do what Mahomes typically does and uh, allowing them to just make mistakes. So uh, I'd like to see that this this year as well, where they go in with a good strategy. I, I'm I'm very interested to see what their first twenty scripted plays on offense are going to be like. Are they going to be very run heavy? We've seen Joe Brady kind of divert to more run heavy emphasis in his version of this offense with James cook kind of being the star and Latavius Murray and even Ty Johnson getting a lot of good snaps over the past two weeks. So, or two games, I should say, because we have the bye week you all know what I mean. Um, (laughs) So uh, are they going to try to slow down and keep that chiefs offense off the field or are they going to track meet it? Are they going to say, Hey, our offense is clicking. We found our rhythm. We found our groove. We're Stella. We got our groove back. We're going to put up 35. You try to keep up with us. We know your offense isn't good this year uh, or hasn't performed well this year. So we're going to do what we do offensively or what we have done offensively the past couple games. uh, And we're going to track meet it. And we're going to put up 35 and you try to keep up with us. What do you think? Is it more slow burn or is it going to be that track meet style? I would I would try to to boat race these guys if I could. Obviously, it's the is the Kansas City Chiefs, but I would definitely go for the track meet style. We look at the Kansas City Chiefs last two games. They came back against the 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 Raiders, thirty one seventeen victory. But the Oakland uh, the Raiders, I say Oakland. That's that that's the, that's the, the real Raiders, but the Raiders. Yeah. Um, but they got out early in that game, fourteen nothing. They got out to that fast start. Uh, the week after right. they lost to the Green Bay Packers, the Green Bay Packers got out to a 14-3 lead, right? So they was those was two teams in back-to-back weeks that got out to fast starts against the Kansas City Chiefs defense, and the Buffalo beat the uh, the Buffalo Bills offense this Sunday should come out and to look the same, uh, look to do the same. But now, uh, instead of them trying to come back because they have those injuries, that's where the Buffalo Bills defensive line can take advantage and, and expose some some weaknesses and expose some uh, backup players on the offensive line and get to Patrick Mahomes. So I'm going for the track meet for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I think that's a great point of uh, long sustained drives. You mentioned that Packers game from last week, uh, the Chiefs lost. And uh, I just pulled up the, the, the drive scoring summary, uh, scoring plays of 13, 8, mm-hmm. 7, 11, and 11. So you got to stay on the field. You got to convert third downs. That's going to be huge for this Bills team. Um, and, and they can do it. I, I think they can do it. I, I love how they've utilized James Cook. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think he's going to be a big part of the game plan, as he should be, because he's very good. And if he fumbles the first play, you shouldn't take him out. Sean Brady or Sean Brady, uh, Joe Brady and Sean McDermott. I, I, I benefited them there. Sorry, everyone <laughs> combine their names. Um, but let's talk about Joe Brady. Let's talk about the offense real quick. Uh, what do you need to see from Joe Brady coming out of the bye? What have you liked? What have you wanted to see a little more of these first after these first two games of the, the Joe Brady era? 
I like the fact that the Buffalo Bills offense uh, started scoring points again. Two games, two games, that is at, nice. two games, him at the helm scoring 30 plus points. It was, it was, yeah. it was good to see. And it was good to see the Buffalo Bills of old or what we've become accustomed to seeing the last couple of years offensively come back to life. So uh, I really appreciate that. Uh, uh, what I want to see is the offense continue to evolve. Uh, you had those two weeks where Ken Dorsey was fired and you was thrusted into that role, but now you had a week in terms of a bye week. Let's see what type of, of wrinkles you implement. Let's see if you installed any, any offensive plays that you may like that wasn't um, in the playbook before the bye week. So I just want to see uh, how the Joe Brady offense evolves after that bye week, after you had time to install and prepare and add little wrinkles within your system, let's see what you come out with against the Kansas City Chiefs. So that is something that that uh, I'm I'm definitely excited to see with Joe Brady, how his offense is going to continue to evolve after the bye week. Yeah, and uh, there was a lot of comments earlier about Dawson Knox, and obviously his practice window opened up coming off the IR there. Uh, he has 21 days, I believe, to be activated. I don't think we see him this week. I'd be actually surprised if we see him this week. Um, but if we do see him this week, obviously the Bills early in the season from the jump wanted to run that 12 personnel with two tight ends. Mm. We've kind of seen that that doesn't that that isn't the best version of the Bills, it seems like. It seems like 11 personnel with Dalton Kincaid and three wide and Khalil Shakir being more involved. Um Seems to be the best version of the bill. So if Dawson Knox does come back this week, mm -hmm. A, do you think he'll be a factor? B, uh, do you even want him to be a factor, I guess, is a better question. What do you think? So my comment was, uh, my comment was, um, he, if he can hold on to a football as well as he held on to that engagement ring this week, then he <laughs> might be okay. So we, we'll see him there. But what do you think, Rich? So I think... Dawson Knox's issue is his contract. He is Absolutely. he does he does not live up to that contract. He is not an elite tight end to be getting paid elite tight end money. And because of that, we have issues and deservingly so. But uh I think if Dawson Knox come back, he has to have that role of tight end two. I think Dalton Kincaid is is the tight end one. I think he's the better pass catcher, route runner. He's just as physical as Dawson Knox. We see Dawson Knox physicality when he does catches the ball and he does have highlights. Dalton Kincaid is every bit of that and more. So I would like to see Dawson Knox in there sometimes. You know, Gabe Davis got a game ball for blocking and not being in the stat sheet. Maybe Dawson Knox could come in and run some offensive plays and 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 hold down some key blocks within the system. So um, I would like to see Dawson Knox come back into in some capacity, just not tight end one. Yeah, I mean, Gabe Davis's participation award for zero catches. I don't know. Like, I don't know if that's going in the trophy case uh, for for Gabe, but um, I, I don't know. Like, why ruin a good thing? Like you mentioned, they've been putting up points. We're the Bills. It seems like we're the Bills of old the past two weeks. Why ruffle the feathers? Why put a you know chink in the armor? Why put a uh, cog in the machine that messes everything up? And Dawson Knox might be that. I don't know. You're right. That contract is is 
sticks out like a sore thumb, like 52 million over three years. I think it's something around that range. Uh, just doesn't live up to that. Doesn't really offer. It seemed like a contract that was based on potential of what Dawson Knox could be a year down the road, two years down the road. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't seem like he's lived up to that. Is he a good tight end? I'll say he's a good tight end. He's, mm-hmm. I think he's more athletic than normal tight ends, but the way mm-hmm. the tight end position is moving to and coming off the Travis Kelsey era and into the Dalton Kincaid, Sam Laporta era, where these guys are just seemingly big receivers, almost the, the way they're, they're being positioned out on the field schematically and the routes they're running. Um, I, I don't know if Dawson Knox fits into this new movement of tight end we're seeing. So it'll be interesting to see if he does get out there on Sunday, how they utilize him, uh, and if he will be a factor. I want to point out Spin's comment here. Knox would have gotten into the end zone on that goal line play where Kincaid ran the Kelsey play where he catches it from behind the line of scrimmage in the middle field. Like the, the, the shovel pass play, is that the, the Chiefs always run that? I don't know if that's what he's referring to. Um, Kincaid is not as physical as Knox. I'm going to disagree kind of in a, in a different way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Knox mm-hmm. feels like the better blocker to me at this point in his career. And maybe just being a better blocker equates to being more physical. Uh, <laughs> something that bothers me, Rich, when, and we've mentioned it on the show before. And since you're on for the first time, I want to mention to you and see if you noticed it as well. Mm-hmm. When Kincaid catches the ball, he in invites the physicality. <laughs> like he, in he just barrels forward. He puts his head down after he catches it, finds the guy in front of him and tries to Madden truck stick him every time. And I'm sitting here on my couch being like, don't do that, dude. You are the, you're more athletic than any linebacker on that defense. You're more physical than any cornerback secondary on that defense. You're going, use your athleticism here. Give me a stiff arm once in a while. Give me a juke move. (laughs) Don't just put your head down and try to barrel through the guy. So to that point, I'll say like Kincaid is more physical than Knox. Next time you watch, when you watch a Chiefs game and he catches the ball, I know. No, I agree. No, he, he, no, he, he's, I, that's what, that's why I kind of, now I understand what spin says. And I think what it is, is that, you know, Dawson Knox has more memorable physicality type things happen on the football field. He has those stiff bombs and he has those plays and, you know, so those angry runs, those angry runs, runs. you know, but at the same time, I, I notice. Uh, Dalton Kincaid is violent with the football in his hands, so I'm not. I'm not. Sh- so. I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> he reminds. He reminds me of a of a of a Jeremy Shockey the way he the way he looks for contact as a tight end. And he, but the, what what separates him is he has that physicality with the natural ability as a pass catcher. And I think that is what separates him and Dawson Knox. Now, I love Dawson Knox. I do think he has that ability. I think Dawson, the Dawson Knox signing was the Ed Oliver on offense for Brandon Bean type signing. You signed him because of the potential that he does have. You know, he has the physicality. He's He has the size, speed, and athleticism to be a matchup nightmare. But at the end of the day... Dawson Knox is not a natural catcher of the football. 
Dalton yeah. Kincaid is a natural, more gifted catcher of the football, and that is what separates. Point, yeah. That is what separates the two at the tight end position. Yeah, different types of tight ends to me. Uh, going to Kevin's comment here, uh, I think Kincaid will have better hands than Knox. Still, time will tell. I don't know if time will tell. To me, like Dawson it's Knox, he's already uh, as. I like Jason Pierre Paul has better hands than Dawson Knox <laughs> to me. <laughs> that's with like seven fingers. So uh, I think Knox Kincaid has better hands like right now over Dawson Knox. So I, I don't know if time will tell on that one. I think the time is now. Um, in terms of one player we want to see and who you think can be an X factor, I know you mentioned Leonard Floyd and those edges. Um, who who do you think is the, the guy who's really going to stand out? Um, uh, and I'll go first here because if if you haven't watched our show, this is a recurring segment about the player we choose, our favorite player, of course. It's Khalil Shakir, a.k.a. hashtag HeWolf. The HeWolf is howling. He is the best player on the Bills, in our opinion. You don't need to agree. You can think it's ridiculous. Name me one other guy who, when we need a play, steps up like the He-Wolf Khalil Shakir does. Uh, he is the X-Factor. He will always be the X-Factor. If we win a Super Bowl, it is Khalil Shakir as to why we're winning that Super Bowl. <laughs> but, Rich, uh, on a serious note, who do you think is your X-Factor? Who do you think is the one guy who needs to be at the top of his game, who needs to make the most plays to really make the difference and give us the victory in Kansas City? This is an excellent question. I'm going to go to our running back, James Cook. I think, I think that he is the X factor for the game uh, for the Buffalo Bills on, on the offensive side of the ball. He is the guy that I think uh, Joe Brady will, will utilize more in terms of, of, of being a receiver out the backfield. I think he's going to have his opportunities to catch the ball, and I think he's going to have his opportunities to run the ball. And uh, uh, I, if James Cook can get some space and, and, and get his opportunities like he's been getting, I think the, the reward is greater than the risk. And like you said earlier, we took him out because he fumbled. And we understand that you don't want to fumble and you don't want to have mistakes in crucial moments. But at the same time, he's one of our more explosive players on offense. So I think if the Buffalo Bills can can find a way and Josh Allen can 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 get to his check down when necessary and be patient. Don't take the unnecessary throws. Understand that you can live to fight for another down and take that check down. Even though it's third and eight and you're throwing the ball four yards, it's okay to live for another day. And at that moment, I think James Cook can can utilize his athletic ability and explosiveness to, to make some plays for the Bills, and he could be the X factor on offense. Does he remind you, when I watch James Cook play, and let me get your thoughts on this, does he remind you a little bit of Alvin Kamara? Like a young Alvin Kamara, definitely, definitely reminds yeah. me. Yeah, like of that's Alvin how they Kamara. should use him. I even look mm -hmm. at Alvin Kamara's stats in you know week after week this season. It's like he has sixty to eighty yards rushing and you know forty to sixty yards receiving on seven catches. Like that's how we should be using James Cook, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Right, like an Alvin mm -hmm. Kamara. Mm -hmm. I like it. I like it a lot. Alvin Kamara, uh, uh, Austin Eckler. You know, you know, that that type of role yeah. where he can he can just he's he's a football player. Just get him the ball and, and watch him work. Yeah, I like that. A couple comments here. 
I think Ed Oliver needs to be an X factor. Would love to see Ed. Uh, pressure up the middle is going to be big. Uh, keeping Mahomes in the pocket is going to be big. Uh, finishing plays is going to be big. We've seen in the past with the Bills and Chiefs, they cannot finish plays, whether it's missed tackles or not taking down Patrick Mahomes in the backfield. Finishing plays is going to be huge. Uh, I'm looking for Leonard Floyd and Ed Oliver, guys like that, to finish plays on Sunday. That'll be a big thing for me. Uh, let's see a big man touchdown this game from Roy. Uh, that's speaking our language, Roy. Uh, I think the one thing we're missing this year is a big man touchdown. We've had a big man touchdown every single year in the past. And those past years have been much more successful than this season's going, whether it's Deion Dawkins or Tommy Doyle or mm -hmm. whoever. Like, give me a David Edwards touchdown. Mm -hmm. David Edwards, that guy who goes out there and you're like, who's that guy? Oh, it's right. David Edwards. The most right. David Edwards looking guy in the world. <laughs> David Edwards touchdown. <laughs> I would love a big man touchdown. Uh, speaking of big men, Linbell Joseph. Mm. Would love to see like on one of those QB sneaks. Him. What What? What was the game what, where he just like lifted up the guy and threw him back? I so. Yeah. I, weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. What? Jets yeah. Game? It was, I think, was it Burrow? Was it Cincinnati? It was no, it was there. Burrow. You're right. Yeah, good mm -hmm. call. It was Burrow. That's right. Uh, that was a, that was a good signing by Bean for a midseason guy off the couch signing. Linville Joseph's been very good, and I think that goes to the bigger point of just we talk about winning in the trenches. Uh, the defensive tackle depth behind Ed Oliver and one guy I miss greatly, who I know a lot of other Bills Mafia misses Daquan Jones, who was having a just tremendous season. Uh, why they haven't extended him, I don't know is if it's because of the injury and they want to see how it heals and whatnot, but extend Daquan Jones like mm. yesterday, please. Uh, that guy is right. amazing and, and probably going to be a core piece of the offense for the next or the defense for the next three, two, three years here. Uh, but besides Ed Oliver and Linville Joseph's been good, but he's been here for three weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, the depth has been suspect at best. If you want to talk about PFF grades, as we did earlier, uh, you look at PFF grades for Tim Settle and Jordan, Jordan Phillips, Phillips, you're going to be scrolling down for a while because they are two of the worst defensive tackles in the league, according to PFF. Um, I would love to see Linville Joseph have a big game. I'd love to see Puna Ford back in there. I thought he was playing yeah. pretty solid in his couple weeks he was active like jordan tim settles a guy who makes a good play every i don't know i don't even want to say let's say 50 snaps he makes one decent play where you notice him and jordan phillips just seems like a guy who uh is a little past his prime on the downfall of his career he's much better at celebrating or using his arms to pump up the crowd than he is actually making plays out there at this point like give me puna ford give me linville joseph at oliver you mm -hmm. know Let's see some. Let's see some different looks this Sunday. Like bump mm -hmm. Gregory Rousseau inside mm -hmm. on some plays. Like uh, we can do a lot of different things with AJ Epinesa. Mm -hmm. Like I, I'd like to see that. So uh, again, the like trenches like are going to be huge. Um, Rich, any other comments about this Chiefs game um, that you think we we need to discuss here before we we move on? No, man. I, you know, <clears throat> I think we, you know, we we nailed a lot of points. We we hit a lot of points. So I think we, I think we're good to go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, prediction: Bills win. You don't need to be a homer. We're we're not homers, uh, no. Tony and I. Uh, we like to see the Bills win, of course. But 
if you don't think they will, you know, I, I don't, I, don't, don't suffer the wrath of the comments. If, if Rich picks the cheese, or not, I pick the cheese. I'm, I'm not going to suffer the wrath, but I, I do think the Buffalo Bills win this game this Sunday. I think that the offense is, is going to have some explosiveness to their game again this week. I think they're going to, you know, start out fast. And I, I, it's all about, for the Bills, it's all about themselves. Yeah. Beating themselves. Don't make mistakes. Don't make the stupid mistakes, the stupid penalties. Do not turn over the ball. Can you Can you do that? Can you not beat yourself? Because if you not beat yourself, the chances of beating others are high. And this, this applies this Sunday. If the Buffalo Bills can take care of the football and shown what they've shown the last couple of weeks on offense, and Sean McDermott can uh, uh, understand and right his wrongs and, and make better coaching decisions in terms of second-half adjustments, I think the Buffalo Bills will win this game in Arrowhead. And I even got a score for you if you want it. Yeah, give it to me. 34-30, Buffalo oh, over, over Kansas City. Shootout. Another shootout. Buffalo wins the game late because it's an in sync moment right so josh allen who we want the ball in his hands we want the ball in josh allen's hands he makes the play game winning touchdown bills 34 30 over the chiefs there you go the bills need to be in sync to win on sunday um i, I think the bills can win will they win it's a coin flip um coming off the buy a much needed buy which is very late in the season as compared to other buys of the past the bills have had um Hopefully has them refreshed and refocused, but uh, I'm I'm a I'm a betting guy. Like I I, I like the, the sports bet, and if Vegas has taught me anything, it's when the Chiefs lose, they usually come back pretty strong, and they don't lose again, and that has me scared because uh, I don't think Sean Hockley's roughing this game. Actually, I know Sean Hockley's not roughing this game, so that's a positive for us. But the Chiefs rarely lose back to back games. Now, is this a different Chiefs team? Is this a different season for the Chiefs? Possibly. Um, but again, the Bills are the hungrier dog here. They need to be the hungrier dog. And I'm going to look for the Bills. And you mentioned a good point, starting fast. I like that point because throughout the season, whether it's Dorsey or Brady or McDermott, or wh whoever's calling the shots and running the show here, um, and however the players are executing it on the field, when the Bills dictate the game, when they dictate the pace, when they go up tempo, when they be aggressive, nobody can beat them. And the only person that can beat them is themselves, usually, as you mentioned. So um, they can hang with any team. They can beat any team if they dictate the game, if they be the aggressors. And that's what I want to see Sunday. Uh, mm -hmm. I will go with a Bills victory as well. I think it's going to be an extremely tight, close game. Uh, I'm going to go 27-23 Bills. Mm. I like it. And it's going to be like a nail biter at the end, like Patrick Mahomes final drive. Can the bills have redemption for the 13 seconds kind of deal? Like the storyline just seems to write itself like two days before the three days before the game. here. Uh, so I'm very scared of what it could be. Uh, Spin says 35, 17. I don't see Casey putting up 30 points. I don't know. Like hey, Bill's hey. Team is so, the Bill team is so riddled with injuries. I, and, and it, I hate to be like that fan, but the Bills usually are the team that others have their get right games with. Like, right. Right. Uh, unfortunately, hopefully, that's right. The case. hopefully, spin like, is right. Hopefully, spin is right, though. Hopefully, spin is right. 
I hope so. I hope so. Oh, I like it. Roy going with the tie. Oh, gambling <laughs> man at heart. There, he's probably put like a hundred bucks on a tie at plus three thousand <laughs> or something. Um, final question before we uh, we say our goodbyes here, Rich. And and again, thank you for joining the show, everyone. Thank you for the comments. If you haven't hit the like, take a second. Please hit the like. Show us some love. We really appreciate you tuning in and showing us some likes. Um, we talked about the controversy and. You know, we didn't start with it, but I want to end with it uh, just straight up, maybe yes or no, if you want to give some explanation to it. Uh, should Von Miller be playing? Obviously, with this controversy and off the field issues and Bean's comments, it sound this week, it sounds like he is going to play. Um, but should he be playing is the question. What do you think? Man, this is this is so tough, man. This is real tough, right? and, and it's real touchy. Um, hard hitting questions here. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, if I'm yes, yes, just a yes or no answer. Should Von Miller? Yes be or no? Play? If you want to explain it a little, feel free. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Interesting. I would say no. I don't think. Um, whether regardless of off the field stuff, he hasn't been effective on the field. I don't think he's helping this team. And I came out and said the la after last game, not only his, I think ineffective is actually being a little too generous. He's flat out bad. He's not making an impact in any way, shape or form out there. And I wouldn't be playing him for all the off field stuff that is going on. I also wouldn't be playing him for the on field stuff that's going on because I would much rather see a player who I think has been more effective than Vaughn this season is Kingsley Jonathan, your dude, my dude. We both interviewed him. Great dude. Uh, so any success he has, we we want to see. But he's been the better player, and he can also play special teams, and Vaughn doesn't play special teams, so that's, that's a factor as well. Uh, mm -hmm. Vaughn last year was the closer to me. Like He was mm -hmm. Kira Sedgwick, TNT, we know drama. He was the closer. He was the guy that closed out the Kansas city game, uh, forcing Mahomes to throw that interception to Taron Johnson to close out the game last season, last year during the regular season. Um, he was the guy that when we needed to play the most, he would step up. Uh, I just watch a different guy and everybody wants to say, well, he's ramping up from an ACL injury. I'm currently going through an ACL injury and I'm not in the athletic stand status that Von Miller is. And, uh, you know, I feel like I'm ramping up quicker than he is. So, uh, I don't want to hear the ramping up thing anymore. It's It's been close to a year. Like, I just don't know if he had, like, is the injury hurting him to, to a point where he just doesn't have it anymore? I don't know. But whether it's on the field stuff or off the field stuff, I don't, I don't know if he should be playing. I don't know if he deserves to play, honestly. You know, it's a game of numbers, right? When you invest the amount of money you invest in a money guy. Numbers. Right. When you when you invest that kind of money in a guy, you know, you're basically saying we have your 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 support and we're going to stand behind you because we you know we invested this money behind you. So I think uh, that is a lot of reasons why he is, you know, in the lineup or will be in the lineup and will be playing um, as far as his injury and his productivity. He's not he's obviously not the same guy. 
He's not the same guy. And in my opinion, I, I think he should still be playing, but I think he has to be playing in lesser impact moments of the game, if that makes sense. Yeah. In terms yeah, of you know, in, in in terms of you still want to get him out there and 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 see what he has and make him uh, uh, continue to build trust and strengthen that knee. But at the same time, when there is situations where it's crucial time and plays have to be made, you have to put your eleven best players out there, not the eleven best names. The 11 best players that's playing the best that that's at that particular time and right now von miller is not one of those 11. so i think it's situational in terms of how you have to play von in terms of his his physicality with his knee yeah i, I think that's a good point um von is his own worst enemy he's the biggest bser this organization has ever seen everything von says does not come true um <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just it's just facts like deandre hopkins odell beckham derrick yeah. henry trading for i'll be back by week one like nothing von says is ever true i think the only time he's ever held mm -hmm. truth to word is is when he won dancing with the stars uh and he predicted he would so i don't know how much merit i put in that um the worst the another bad fallout of this because we're a comedy show and uh i like creativity and comic relief and all that uh those progressive commercials with von and steph are very funny they, they are had to pull them, and i'm they mad are. about that did they pull them i didn't i haven't seen it since wow two you're, weeks right. you're right you're right i haven't seen it you know it, it's right. it's a shame that was a good commercial it was very funny and and witty which we appreciate around here um <laughs> so i don't know um i compared it uh to when when bean came out this week and talked about the Vaughn situation, mm -hmm. like the thing that immediately came to mind and rich, I don't know if you know this reference, but uh, for anyone who's a fan of Dave Chappelle's old standup, mm -hmm. like I'm telling you for that, like all the old Chappelle's shows before Chappelle show stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a bit Chappelle does about uh, Kobe and how he was like playing and he was balling out for his not guilty verdict. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like being, might have saw that and thought to himself, like, well, maybe Vaughn's gonna ball out and get like three sacks. That that's all I could think of. Like, that's the biggest comparison to me. Like they said it like what was the the Chappelle bit is like uh if Kobe was out there putting up six points, everyone would be like, Yeah, that guy's guilty. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> but he was out there putting up like 40, so uh, like the noise was like quieted. Uh I don't know if that like that that's the only reference I could think of. No, it makes sense. Like, Man, this team, this team just keeps off the field, on the field, just stepping in it. Like, again, I use the the rake scenario of, like, mm -hmm. rake in the face. You turn around, another rake hits rake you in the face, face, and you just don't learn your lesson. Mm -hmm. Like, this team is really bad at PR, I think, is, like, is like the, the, the overall notion here that they need a better PR department. Uh, Rich, thank you so much, my man, for joining the show. Let's wrap it up here. We're going to do uh, a little thank yous and, and shout outs here, but uh, thank you to our sponsor, travelinggrowler.com. Mm -hmm. Audi koozie starting at just $5. Awesome stocking stuffer for the loved ones in your family. All those cool designs right there. Shop local, support local, travelinggrowler.com. Again, great stocking nice. stuffer for the holiday season. Get on that. Nice. Where you can find the show, you can find the show always on YouTube. 
Facebook, Built in Buffalo page, at Built in Buffalo underscore on Twitter, um, or audio version, Spotify podcast, wherever your fine podcasts are listened to for free. We always like to say whether you give us two minutes or two hours of your time, we greatly appreciate that. And we really do. Uh, we're, I know we're a different show. I know we're a little creative and a little goofy and a little out there sometimes. And we really appreciate everyone tuning in, giving us likes, giving us comments. So thank you all for checking us out. And if you listen on audio, thank you as well. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter or X or however you refer to it, uh, at Woody Sports 716, give us a follow. We love following back. Bill's Mafia, uh, Saber Swords people, trademark pending uh, out there. So give us a follow back. Uh, if you want to go to an alternative social media site like Blue Sky, for example, you can find us at on Blue Sky at Buffalo Sabres. We own that. We're just waiting for the real Sabres to come and give us our big fat sure. check and say, we want that handle. Uh, so follow us on Blue Sky at Buffalo Sabres uh, if you'd like. Uh, Rich, thank you, my man. It's been a pleasure. Give uh, the listeners, the viewers of this show, they don't know where to find you on Twitter, what uh, with Shoop and whatever you're doing on Built in Buffalo. So catch Off the Edge every Saturday night, 8 p.m. Myself, Ben Shoop. Uh, you can find me on Twitter or X. Uh, at King Rich underscore B-I-B. Uh, I do uh, the pregame show. To, uh, tune into the pregame show and this week, this Sunday, 3 p.m. Myself and James Stokes tune into the postgame show whenever the game ends. Uh, uh, the, con- the game concludes between the Chiefs and the Bills. Myself and Izzy will be will be on the postgame. And uh, continue to follow and, and, and support Bills in Buffalo. We have excellent shows. You're, you're looking at one right now, Matt, Witty Not Funny Sports. It was a pleasure coming on and, and doing this with you, man. And this is our first show, but definitely not our last. I appreciate you. Definitely not. We'll have to have you back, and we'll have to get – Dave was supposed to join us. He had uh, issues with his Wi-Fi and weather-related, and we'll definitely get Dave on as well, and we'll mm-hmm. just have a nice – witty round table uh hopefully i didn't make it too uncomfortable for you my man and i gotta give you kudos i gotta give you kudos we throw a lot of pop culture references music movies tv mm-hmm. you took it, it nice. you took it in stride yeah. and you you played along i'm loving it yeah it's nice man i i enjoyed it man stepped out my comfort zone a little bit but it was it was an excellent time if i'm going to step out my comfort zone i'd rather be on this show doing it man so it was a it was a good time awesome. and you're always welcome thank you my man thank you everyone for viewing in again if you didn't hit that like subscribe to built in buffalo youtube follow us on facebook and uh as we always say stay witty out there everyone thanks for listening and watching peace Marshawn is a fresh of breath air. He just loves chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the five week. I love eating it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? It's it it kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank it's you for that. Stitching you guys. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, stay focused. Um, work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It builds a bomb. It builds a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network.